This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability Show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to develop better clients, a better practice, and a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of Wealth Ability Network. So why are CPAs so afraid of winning? Today, we're going to talk about the difference between playing to win and playing not to lose. How do we overcome the fear that comes with taking an approach to life and to our practice that is not one of what happens if I lose, but rather that's very focused on what happens when I win? The challenge we've got in our profession is that technology, if, if we're so afraid of losing, we're going to lose. We are absolutely going to lose. Technology, um, whether it's uh, AI or blockchain technology, there are so many technologies coming along that if we're playing not to lose, we're, we're going to be losing those tax returns. We're going to be losing those financial statements. We're going to be losing those audits. So what are we going to be left with? If, we're, if what we're doing is, is we're just afraid not to lose, what are we going to do for our clients? What are we going to do for our clients when technology says, clients, you don't need a CPA for all of that routine work that you've typically been having them do? What do we do as a profession? My biggest concern right now is that I think our profession is in dire trouble. And I think part of the reason is that the, the nature of the CPA is that we tend to be conservative and protective. And, and we should be protective of our clients. Don't get me wrong. We should be protective of our assets. Make sure that we're spending money appropriately. You know, help our clients spend money appropriately. Help our clients invest appropriately. Whatever our job is, yes, we need to be appropriate. At the same time, that doesn't mean that we are so worried about losing a while back, I'm talking to some CPAs, partners in a CPA firm, a sizable CPA firm. And I was telling them about our network and, and what we're doing. And I said, you know what, we share with each other, we share ideas, we share, you know, what we're what you know what we're what we're doing, what we're going to do. And the response was shocking to me. The response was, well, you know, if I do that, then I'm sharing with my competitors and why would I, why would I share with them? And I, you know, I, I don't need to learn anything more. I, you know, I'm good with what I know and I'm just going, wow. And, and these were what I consider to be good CPAs. I mean, these were people who I knew their clients were happy with them. And so then they're looking at, they're laying this, I'm so afraid of sharing and so afraid of competition. I'm going, you're playing not to lose. You know, I, I've, I've got um, a CPA who comes up to me and says, Tom, how come you're, how come you're growing? How come you're, so, you're expanding so much? I'm going, I'm just taking care of my clients because I'm playing to win. I'm playing to win for my clients. I have no thought Frankly, I've no, I, I've no thought about losing, okay? I'm not afraid to lose. And part of the reason I'm not afraid to lose is because, you know, I have been through it, right? I mean, I've been in this profession for 35 years. So it's not like it's new to me. I mean, this is something that I've been doing for a long, long time. And I'm very confident in my technical skills, my client service skills. 
I'm, I'm confident in my leadership skills. I mean, I am confident, but that doesn't mean I'm not learning. In fact, what makes me confident is that I realize that there's so much I don't know. There's so much I don't know. My, my favorite professor in graduate school was Sally, Dr. Sally Jones, University of Texas. And in our research class, I'll never forget, she said, the great thing about tax law is that the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. So knowing that you don't know things, to me, that makes you not fearful. Because what it means is, yeah, I'm not going to know everything. It's okay if I say to a client, I don't know the answer. I do a webinar twice a month for, for um, our clients and our customers. And they're asking me questions. It's, it's rare that a month goes by that I don't have to answer, I don't know. I'll have to look that up. I don't know the answer to everything. I have a client talking to me about Puerto Rico and this amazing tax benefit in Acts 20 and 22. And I've been researching it. I'm going, I don't know. I'll check it out and then I'll get help. You know, one of the, one of the amazing things to me is that we tend not to get help. We want to do it ourselves. Oh, you know, if you want it done right, you got to do it yourself. I'm going, if you want it done right, get somebody else to do it, else to do it who knows what they're doing. Right? We ought to be sticking with, we ought to be doing what we're good at, but we ought to be get, getting better at what we're good at, what we're good at. You know, another example of this that I find is when I'm, when I'm out speaking um, at events where there are entrepreneurs and investors, I will always ask the question, how many of you have ever been told by your tax preparer not to take a deduction? And almost every hand goes up. And then I say, okay, so for how many of you was that the home office deduction? And I would say of the hands that were up, a good 80% of the hands were up, stay up. And I'm going, that makes no sense to me. I mean, consider that if you're an S-corp or a partnership, there's no form to file. There's no way the IRS even knows you have a home office deduction. So how is this a red flag? They're going, oh, it's a red flag. I mean, well, what's a red flag? And yet the only reason you're filing a home office schedule is because you're filing a Schedule C, which is a red flag. I'm going, why are you filing a Schedule C for a client? I, I'm, I'm asking everybody listening to this call. Why would you file a Schedule C for a client? Why would you not want that to be in an S corporation or a partnership where it takes it off of the, the, the radar of the IRS? So I'm playing to win for the, for the client. I want to win that audit. I want to win that tax return. To me, winning a tax return means they don't get audited, but not because I'm not taking legitimate deductions like a home office deduction, which... Oh my heavens, don't get me started on that one. But because I'm doing things in such a way that I'm winning the tax return fight, okay? Which it, the battle, which is part of it is, what? how do I say something on a tax return that doesn't go, hey, here I am. On the other hand, let's say that, Let's say I have a client that has captive insurance. They have to file form 8886, right? So that form says, I have a captive insurance company. Come look at me. I have a captive insurance company. People are scared to death of that 8086. I'm going, why? Why are you scared of it? Okay. Is if, if you have, if you've done your homework and you have a legitimate captive insurance and you have legitimate premiums and you have it set up properly 
and it's section 831B of the Internal Revenue Code. This is a code section specifically providing this benefit. Why would we be afraid of it? Why would you be afraid of an IRS auditor? I, I, I can never understand. Why would any tax professional be afraid of an IRS auditor? The only possible reason I can think of is because you think the IRS auditor knows something you don't. And if that's true, then that just means we need to learn more, right? One of the things I do when I'm on uh, stage um, with, uh, whether it's on my own or with Robert Kiyosaki, um, is I'll talk about the difference between an aggressive accountant and a conservative accountant. See, I have a very different viewpoint of what's aggressive and what's conservative from a lot of people. You know, a lot of people go, oh, well, home office, that's aggressive. Or I, I actually heard the other day, bonus depreciation, that's aggressive. I'm going, it's statutory. How is it possibly aggressive? Cost segregation, that's aggressive. There's an IRS audit guide on how to do it. And technically, you're supposed to do cost segregations under the law. How is that aggressive? I believe the idea of aggressiveness comes from a lack of knowledge and a lack, lack of education. I truly believe this. I, I, I'm going, if, let's think about this. If, if we only know a little bit about the tax law, anything we do that's outside of our base of knowledge is going to be aggressive. I think it's more than aggressive. I think it's careless. On the other hand, if we know the tax law, if we know it inside out, and we're comfortable that we understand the law, then everything that we understand is going to be conservative because we're going to do it well within the law. I don't want to do anything for a client that's not within the law. I mean, the last thing in the world I want is for my client to go to prison knowing that I'm going to follow him and I'm going to end up somebody's girlfriend. Not my goal in life, okay? So I'm going to be conservative, but I'm going to be conservative from the standpoint that I'm going to understand so much of the law that I'm going to win that argument. I want to know that every position I take on my tax return, when, when, not if, when I go before the IRS, I have a winning argument. I want to know that I have the documentation. I can't believe how many large accounting firms, I mean, these are national firms. You would know them if I, if I told you their names. How many large accounting firms do not maintain work papers? Can you believe that? There are national accounting firms who do not maintain work papers for tax returns. I think that's criminal. I frankly, I think they should all lose their licenses. I think the whole firm should lose its license. You don't keep work papers. That is contrary to everything I know about preparing a tax return. How do you not have documentation for that? Oh, well, when, you know, if we ever need that documentation, we'll ask the client for that. That's the client's responsibility. Well, you know what? What's our responsibility is to win for the client. If we go in with a winning attitude, we're going to win this argument. We'd better have the documentation. I tell clients in, in, in my book, Tax-Free Wealth, I say, look, you ought to be able to get an audit assurance program with your tax preparer. If they prepared your tax return for more than one year and they're comfortable with your tax return and what you're doing from a bookkeeping standpoint, they ought to be able to assure you to the point where you get, pay them a small fee and they'll handle your audit for no, no additional fees. Why? Because if, if, you're, if you've got everything ready in the tax return, handling that audit's not that big a deal. I mean, I'm sorry, but I, 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 
really appreciate IRS auditors. I really appreciate what the IRS is doing. I think they have the toughest job on earth. I can't imagine a, a worse job where every single customer hates the idea of you, not even considering the side of you. They definitely don't want to hear from you. I mean, how'd you like to have that for your customer base? And that's what IRS auditors go through. So I'm very considerate, I'm very appreciative of what IRS auditors do. I also know that IRS auditors do not get that much training. They're not going through hours and hours and hours of CPE every year, right? I mean, we require 100 hours of, of, of education for everybody on our staff. By the way, that includes our receptionist. Okay, we require them to get 100 hours of continuing education of some sort. Why? Because when we do that, we can win. We don't have to be afraid of losing a client because we don't, you know, somebody else comes up with an idea that we don't have. I'll give you another example. This one is egregious in my mind. I mean, it is absolutely egregious. So I'm speaking in Dallas, Texas earlier this year. And I'm speaking to a group of entrepreneurs who I know are retailers, okay? And the goods they sell, they're online retailers. So the goods they sell are not very expensive, all right? On average, they're probably under $100 for most of them, right? They're certainly under $1,000. And I start talking about the new inventory rules where you don't have to maintain inventory if you're a small taxpayer, Right? I mean, we all know that those rules are out there, right? What most people don't understand, uh, apparently, what our profession doesn't understand is that has how they work out there. Well, it's, it's, an, it's a non-incidental material and supply. Under the law, a non-incidental material and supply, if the law says this is a non-incidental material supply, the law also says that the de minimis rule applies, the $2,500 de minimis rule applies. There was this, um, so, so I'm off stage for 30 seconds. I'm not kidding. I'm off stage for 30 seconds. And two people come up to me and say, you can't do that here. You, you, that, that's illegal. Look what the IRS website says. Well, the IRS website was behind, okay? And I'm not blaming the IRS. They had, they had a shutdown. They had a new commissioner. I mean, the, the IRS, we all know, does not get funded properly, Right? So I'm not blaming the IRS. I'm just saying, why are, you, why are you relying on the IRS website as opposed to, why don't you just ask me, where do you find that? There was actually a CPA in the audience. I heard this later from one of the participants. There was a CPA in the audience who went around telling everybody that if they, I did what, they did what I was suggesting, they would get a 40% understatement penalty. I'm going, why didn't that CPA just come to me and say, how do you do that? Where are you finding that? No, I, I, you know, I just, I, I, of course, when they came to me, by the way, what did I do? You know, 30 cents afterwards, I spent the next four hours in my room doing my research again. Now, I'd already done my research 10 times. I'm doing my research again. Fortunately, this time we had the blue book, and the blue book has a footnote. All right, for those of you who don't remember what the blue book is, this is the explanation of the legislation by the staff of the Joint Committee on Taxation. These are the people who wrote the law. They're the people who drafted the law, and now they have an explanation. I'm looking through this, and I find, find the section on the inventory, because when I first read it, I'm going, what is this inventory thing? Okay, then I'm starting to look at it, I'm going, wow, this is pretty cool. I, I, I have, now I have clients that could deduct their inventory when they buy it, not when they sell it, which is a huge, huge, huge benefit, 
because there's so much cash tied up in inventory. There's a footnote in the blue book that spells out how to do it. It tells you exactly what to do, what I was suggesting you do. So, of course, at that point now, now I can go down to the cocktail party because I've researched it. But my point is, is that, yeah, was it, I, I'm going out there and I'm hanging myself out there in front of 200 retailers, okay? And I'm getting hammered because people, by my own profession, because you're not asking the questions, Okay, to me, this is this is about asking the questions. How do I get better? How do I win? Okay, how do my clients win? Not how do my clients not lose? I'm not worried about my clients losing before the IRS. I'm worried about my clients winning the tax battle before the IRS. I'm worried. I'm concerned about my clients taking advantage of all of the hundreds of incentives that are there in the tax law. The tax law is just a series of incentives. That's all it is, folks. It's a series of incentives. You look at the tax law, and I guarantee you there's one line that says all income's taxable unless, we, unless they say it isn't. And there's another line that says nothing's deductible unless they say it is. And then there's some charts and tables to tell you how much tax to pay. And everything else in that tax law is telling you how to reduce your taxes. Now, it's putting parameters around how do you reduce your taxes, but everything in there is about how to reduce their taxes, deductions, credits, tax-exempt income. Those are things how to reduce your taxes. That's an instruction guide to how to reduce your taxes. I actually had a student once when I was teaching in the Master's of Tax program at Arizona State University. I had a student who was a, had her own uh, tax firm, and I was talking to her one day, and she said, yeah, I don't do tax consulting. I said, what? She goes, yeah, it, it's too aggressive. It's too risky. And I'm going, for who? You're so focused on your risk. What about the client's risk? The client, yeah, you're not, you're not even giving the client an option to, re, to legitimately reduce their taxes. To me, that's ridiculous. My singular goal in life for my clients is literally tax-free wealth. Only legally, I have no interest in doing anything that's outside the lines. I just want to understand those lines go a long ways out. I want to understand what those lines are, okay? I don't want to be the... the this, you know, the, the, the dumb teenager who's racing on the streets. I want to be... I want to be the professional race car driver on the track going 220 miles an hour and the Indy 500, okay? That's what I want. All I care about is winning for my clients. I want them to win the race. And here's the thing. If you think about how important our job is, when clients are paying high taxes, that, that tax, think of what a tax is. Tax is a burden, right? It slows. If you feel taxed, you're slowed down. You're weighed down. That's what tax is. Now, I'm not complaining about taxes. I think, you know, taxes are important. Don't get me wrong. I just think that we ought to understand what the law says so that if our clients choose to behave the way that the government wants them to, then they can actually get the tax benefits that they're entitled to. Right, so if they if they choose to become a professional investor in real estate, they ought to be getting the cost segregation and bonus depreciation. Why would I keep that from them? Because of my ignorance. That's ridiculous. 
I want my clients to win. Let me give you some numbers. You can run this math, okay? Take $10,000, okay, run this math. You, you guys are all good mathematicians. Take $10,000, invest it at 10% a year for 30 years. $10,000 at 10% a year for 30 years and assume that you've got a 40% tax rate on the income. You'll end up after 30 years with about $60,000, which most people go, wow, I, I've actually increased from 10,000 to 60,000 with a single $10,000 investment. People think, wow, that's great. Here's the challenge. First, first of all, the challenge is that you know, rarely do people get routinely 10% on their investment without losing anything. But setting that aside, what if you took that same $10,000, invested that same 10%, and paid zero taxes? Run those numbers for 30 years, and you'll end up with approximately $198,000. So a client could have $60,000, or a client could have $198,000. Your choice. It's not their choice. They don't, they don't understand tax law. They are relying on us. They're relying on us to help them win. M most of us, most of us in our profession are the most trusted advisor that a client has when it comes to finances. And most CPAs, my challenge, here's my big challenge, most CPAs, they are deal breakers, not deal makers. No client ever, ever on the face of this earth has ever wanted to know what they cannot do. Not one entrepreneur, I don't think ever, has ever asked the question, what can't I do? Entrepreneurs always, always want to know, how can I do what I want to do? That's an attitude of winning. That's why I love entrepreneurs, because they're all about winning. They're not, yeah, they don't want to lose, but they're, you know, people who don't want to lose, those are called employees, right? They're, they're, they, they, they don't want to take any kind of risk whatsoever. But our clients are entrepreneurs. They want to win. They want us to help them win. Okay? It's not about, oh, you know, you know pr pr protect me. Yeah, they want to be protected. But they want to, what they really want to know is, how can I do what I want to do and be legal? So our job is not to say, you can or cannot take that deduction. Our job is to say, you can take that deduction if you do this, this, and this. You choose whether you're going to do this, this, and this. Okay, it's their decision to decide, are they going to change the facts that they need to change in order to change the tax they want to change? Are they going to change their facts to change their tax? Our job is to figure out what can they do? How can they do that? That's our job because our job is to help them win. And that's what clients are about. And here's the thing. We work that way with clients. They love us. They love everything we talk about. You know, when, when we do a, uh, an, a CPA network um, event, we just had one. Every single time, I invite a client. I don't pay the client to come. I don't pay their airfare. I don't pay for their time. I don't give them a speaking fee. They come on their own voluntarily to let the CPAs in the audience know what's going on and what they've been able to accomplish because our choice is to help them win. So 
I'm not saying that say we're great. I don't think we are. I think we have a long ways to go. What I'm saying is, is that it's an attitude. It's a, it, it's a question of, are we out there to win? Are we out there to not lose? It's, you know, it's, it's a little bit of scarcity or abundance, right? So I would encourage everybody who's listening, win. I love this profession because we have a profession that, unlike most professions, cares more about the clients than we do about ourselves. That's, I believe that about our profession. I think we have really, really smart people who really, really want to help their clients do better. It's just that a lot of times we don't know how. One of the first things we can do, though, is change that mindset. Change it about not, it's not about not losing, it's about winning. What can I do better for the client? How can I serve the client better? How can I do more? I'll give you one more tip. Here's one thing I would do. Call your clients. Well, I, I talk to my clients. No. Typically, most, most, tax, most advisors, most CPAs, wait for their clients to call them. Well, your clients don't know when to call you. They don't, they, they don't know the issues. That's our job. Our job is to help them ask better questions. Our job is to ask them questions. So here's what happens when you call a client. Do you know what happens every time I call a client? I end up with more work. Billable hours. That's what we're about, right? So every time I call a client, I end up with more work. Every single time. Now, I don't charge them for that first call. Of course not. I'm calling them. They didn't ask me to do that. At the same time, that's a five-minute call. Then they give me a, a five-hour research project. I'm going, oh, okay, now, now we, can do some, we can do something to help them win, and they're happy to pay for it because we're helping them win. That's the other thing. You know, clients look at tax returns and financial statements as this is a necessary evil unless we use those to help them win. If we can show them where they've got tax savings or where the financial statements have helped them make better business decisions and we've actually helped them analyze their financial statements, how much more are they winning and are they ever going to complain about our fees? Never. Especially if we tell them up front how much those fees are going to be. Never had a client. Never had a client complain. I told them how much the fees were going to be and it was about them winning. So just remember... When we're about winning instead of not losing, when we're deal makers instead of deal breakers, we become much more than backstops for our clients. We're actually out there and we're actually swinging the ball for them. We're helping, we're coaching them through how to swing that bat better. And when we do that, we're always gonna end up with better clients, a better practice and better life. You've been listening to the Wealth Ability for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.